Welcome back to the fucking brave podcast. What what? <laughs> What are you drinking tonight? Same thing you're drinking. Which is? A Portuguese vino verde that I brought back from the mainland to Maui because we can't find good wine here. It's pretty good. It's a little on the sweet side for me. It is, but I am really enjoying it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, so tonight we are talking about being gay. Mm-hmm. Slash queer. Yeah. Yeah. Let's call it that. Being queer or queerness. Yeah. Yeah. Because in case you haven't figured it out, these are two ladies who love each other. (laughs) Quite a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's start with your story. We were talking about it a little bit tonight on our date night, but when you realized you were gay, because for you it was a moment that you remember vividly. Mm Mm-hmm. It is a moment. Do you, how would you like me to explain this moment? I, I should add that pr- to protect the innocent, when they are people that we are still near and dear with, we have changed the names to protect them. <laughs> so, so any names used in this episode are pertaining to real people but are not real names. We actually name them after mountains. Some of them might, we might run out, but <laughs> we'll see how close we get. I don't know. Start... I would like you to talk about the moment and then maybe talk about like what, like in retrospect, what you could see in your life. Okay. Uh, yeah, very specific moment. Driving on I-5 on the way back from uh, an outdoor pursuits program outing in college. I think I was in my sophomore year at the time. And I had like recently had a breakup with a boyfriend And just didn't really, I don't know, just didn't really know what felt right next. I feel like I had tried to, like, seek out other partnerships and nothing really felt right. And then, yeah, we're on I-5 driving back and everybody, all the other students in the van are asleep except for, like, the driver and the co-pilot. And we'll call the driver Rainier. And Rainier and the co-pilot were chatting and Rainier is a female and they were talking about a past relationship and there were no pronouns being used. And I was just, I was like sleepy, but just kind of like listening in on this conversation. And they were best friends, the co-pilot and the driver. And eventually one of them let it slip that Rainier's ex-partner who she had recently broken up with was a girl. And I just had this like gut wrenching moment i i like don't know how else to explain it like just my gut dropped and i just went like oh my god and and realized that i was i don't want to say that i was in love with this girl i mean it it felt like i was in love with this girl but it was you know young (laughs) young love like i don't it, it was just the first time that i had felt this like pull and this attraction to somebody that was so deep and Yeah, I would say that that's the first time that I really... I I should say that I accepted the fact that I was gay. I don't think that's the first time that I thought that I was gay. But that's the first time I went, oh my god, I'm gay and I'm never going to love a man again. In a a physical sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's my realization. Moment of gayness. (laughs) 
that happened in my life, yeah. What was it like growing up? Yeah, uh, I don't need to get too much into it, but the short of the long of it is that, you know, I was a tomboy and a lot of my peers kind of called me out on it, I guess you could say. I got teased a lot for being a tomboy. One of my most, like, traumatic moments of being teased was in middle school, and there was this group of boys in our leadership class that, looking back, they were probably a little bit, I think, threatened by my ability to beat them at physical feats, things like throwing balls and shooting hoops and whatnot, lifting weights, and, uh, yeah, they photoshopped my face onto a male bodybuilder body and printed out like hundreds of copies and put them all around the school. I remember my leadership teacher was horrified because these were the kids that were in like leadership class, right? They were supposed to be like the leaders of our school. And here they are bullying me in a way that was really traumatic. For things that they perceived to be masculine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I look back at, you know, my high school days, I never really fit into, like, my soccer friends because a lot of them had boyfriends and boy drama and all this stuff. And I, like, really wasn't interested in that. Um, and quite honestly, I turned to, I don't want to say drugs because I don't know that that's, <laughs> I turned to pot. I was a pothead in high school. So there we go. I'll just out myself on the podcast as a pot, ex-pothead as well as gay. Um, so just in one fell swoop. One one fell swoop. We'll just get this all out of the way. Uh, yeah. So you know, I just uh, opted out of a lot. I did. Yeah, I found friends in different ways that I could connect to with drama and things that weren't pertaining to boys. <laughs> I think you know, and I definitely I had a best friend in high school. Let's call her South Sister. <laughs> Who I. <laughs> I loved very, very dearly, like deep, like deep loved and didn't realize until much later. Actually, after I had accepted the fact that I was gay was the first time that I reached out to her and was like, hey, you know that I loved you. Right. And and she knew that. Um, And that that was a deep and complicated relationship in my life. And I think a relationship that had I been in a more accepting world or in a more accepting time I think maybe that relationship could have been more but I think we both tried to hide a lot of it and it certainly wasn't one-sided as much as she did a good job of painting it to be yeah so and then I had one other friend that I was very close with we'll call her middle sister (laughs) these are names of Cascade Mountains if you haven't caught on yet um yeah we'll call her middle sister and her and I had some like romantic moments and I definitely loved her but I think the love was a little bit easier to let go of because she was a, it was it was never practical she wasn't somebody that I could see myself spending my life with like she was not a good influence in my life is maybe the best yeah. way of putting what it what was it like after that moment in the van having to tell your roommates and the rest of the Outdoor Pursuits program and your family. And what was that process like for you? There were moments that were easy and moments that were hard. I think that there were some people that I was quite frankly almost relieved to tell. It was like, great, it's finally over. (laughs) 
I don't have to hide anymore and felt very accepted. And then there was harder moments like, you know, I, I knew my mom would be accepting, but you always hear these horror stories of kids who tell their parents that they're gay and they like get kicked out of the house. And granted, I was in college, so that wasn't really going to be the case, but my, my mom's brother was gay, so I knew that she had had experience with gay family members in the past and who she loved. So I knew it would be no big deal, but it's still hard to tell her. Yeah. You know, still, there were some friends that were still hard to tell. And but I don't know, it, it felt like my process of coming out was honestly relatively anticlimactic. I remember when you told me. I don't really remember when I told you, so that's funny that you remember. Yeah, you were sitting at my dining room table and you told me and I was like, and? Sweet. Sounds good. Did yeah. you want some more pizza? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say I was I was accepted, and I didn't really have anybody that really shunned me or shamed me. The interesting thing about coming out, though, that I've realized as I've gotten older and moved through more communities is that coming out, unfortunately, is not a one-time thing. Every time we've moved, every time I've entered a new community, I've had to come out all over again. And it's... Let's think about the lake. Yeah. That's been one of the places where it was very hard for you to come out. Mm-hmm. And it took several seasons of you being at the lake. To come out to, to everybody. To come out to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, was... I remember a really sweet friend of ours, you told her... That we were together, and she was like, well, I know that. When's the wedding? <laughs> Remember that? I do. Well, and, and what I was going to add to that is that it's definitely gotten easier to come out to new communities and, and new spaces mm-hmm. as a couple. As a family. As even. a family. Yeah, because I just enter into the space. I can't really hide it. Like, Right. Not that I was trying to hide it before, but I had to actually actively out myself rather than I'm just sort of already outed. <laughs> right. Because we travel in a pack. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we went to Australia, that was the first time that you told uh, an employer from the get-go, I'm coming with my family, and I have a girlfriend, and Chris didn't skip a beat. Yeah. He didn't care. He was like, sweet, we love families. Come on out. Mm Mm-hmm. In retrospect, now having visited St. Kilda, we understand why, because it's the gayest, gayest, gayest corner of <laughs> of Melbourne, Melbourne through yeah. and through. Yeah. So we just went to where everyone was like us. Yeah. So I, don't know, I guess that's kind of my coming out story in a nutshell, in a 10-minute version. Was there any other questions you had? No. For me? What about you? Oh. What What do you identify as? You know, it's interesting because we did talk about this a little bit earlier tonight, and I think I would more readily identify as being queer, particularly because I've come to it so late in my life, and I don't really feel the need for labels or give a damn of what people think about me most of the time. I like to think that way. But yeah, I definitely have said and do identify as a lesbian as well, but a little part of me cringes every time I say that because I know it horrifies my parents, but... Sorry, Mom and Dad. Just just going to disappoint you when it comes to this, I guess. What was the moment you realized that you maybe weren't straight or 
So it's, it's, it's complicated and hopefully I can give this like a cliff notes version. Um, but for me being gay was never an option. Like it was just never on the menu. It was just not something that was ever considered. It was something that like, it was a sin that people chose to do much like stealing or murdering. And so like, I wasn't going to pick to do that because that would upset Jesus, you know, like, does that even make sense? Yeah. And so I remember my first encounter with someone who was gay. It was a pastor at our church who had had to leave. And it was actually his job that my dad had filled when we moved back to the U.S. from Spain. And um, he had, like, gone to recovery because he had come out as gay. And, like, Jesus was helping him. And I remember running into him and just, like, really being taken aback because it 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 was a gay person. You know? But anyways, I... Don't know where to go with this. When, I had when a, did you not your first encounter with somebody who was gay or when when did you come into gayness? Have I? Okay, when did you come into queerness? So that one I think is easier to answer because I had a very difficult marriage from early onset. Um, we fought all the time. And it was fraught for many, many, many years. And I felt very ignored and alone and acted out in inappropriate ways to seek attention from other people about five, five, six years into the marriage. It was five years. Um, And that was the first time that I had ever kissed a girl. And I remember... I remember not feeling any different than kissing boys. Like I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was lovely. Like nothing less, nothing more. Not in retrospect, Mm. but then our, our marriage became more complicated and challenging. And one of the things that we brought into our relationship was we decided to be non-monogamous. I think it was largely because I was feeling alone and I needed, I needed more, but leaving wasn't a choice. And so we decided to see other people. And that was very, it was relatively fulfilling for quite a while. But one of the things that came out of that was, um, a friend of mine, we're going to call her hood. And I, um, somehow fell into a relationship. She was also married at the time and Mormon and it was, whoa, complicated because she came out as bi and I was just like, ah, whatever, I'm me. Who knows what I am <laughs> in a very me way. And I fell in love with her, like a lot. That relationship dis- disintegrated for other reasons. But she was the first, she was, here comes the overshare. She was the first time that I remember having sex with somebody and wanting to do things instead of having, instead of feeling coerced or coaxed. You wanted to participate. Absolutely. 100%. And yeah. So stayed married for quite a few more years. Uh, Never really dated other women, but definitely had kind of some on and off relationships with other women, one other woman, I guess I should say, not that much of a player, 
but again, felt very alone. So it was just seeking out companionship. And then you roll around and we were just friends, sweet, sweet, sweet friends who sometimes had sleepovers that were completely platonic sleepovers. And we relied on each other for stay support up, and stay up all night chatting about yeah, like, the universe. It was so very sweet. And then, and then you kissed me. I kissed you. Mm, that's mm. a little fuzzy. It is. <laughs> but then we started moving through the world together because I was very done and decided I was moving to Mexico because I discovered kiteboarding. And I guess I, I, I do want to add one thing in here. There was a moment when Nathan and I had a conversation where he said something along the lines of like, oh, if I ever die, you like should remarry. And I was like, here's the thing. I will never marry another man. And I knew this. I was like, if anything ever happens to you, I'm, I'm living with a woman. I'm never living with another man again. And I still very strongly feel that way because life with you feels right. And I know a lot of it is because it's you, but I know a lot of it is because it's also the right, it's, it's the right orientation. Like we have ease because this is what I want. This is what I desire. This is what. I mean, I think there's something inherently woman, womanness, femaleness mm-hmm. about our relationship that you would never get with a man. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think it took me a very long time because there was the divorce and, you know, I, it probably took. I think about the same time that we went to St. Kilda before I started to really move into that comfort of like, I move through the world with a woman. Like we, we like present ourselves as lesbians in the world. And I know that you've asked me many times, like, well, are you sure that you're like not bi or pan? And I am definitely not interested in having intimate relations with men, but deeply love men. There's Mm -hmm. several men in my life that I, Love like whoa, as do I. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't want to take my pants off. But then yeah. anymore. So that's my story about how I got to where I'm at. It's really interesting. One of the pieces, just in in listening to you talk about your story, one of the pieces for me that I feel like I don't really talk a lot about is what happened after I came out, because. I feel like coming out is is something that should be celebrated and is this is sort of this exciting time and and I feel like there's this I don't know maybe it's just in my own head or maybe it's true but I feel like there's this stigma that you like come out as gay and then you have all these like same sex relationships and then you like fall in love with somebody and for me mm. I was out for two and a half years before I ever really had a relationship with a woman. Well, and that was me. Um, yeah, Sorry. and I had had some, like, like uh, okay, I'll, I'll overshare here. I hadn't had sex with a woman for that long. I had had some sort of, like, emotionally charged relationships with several women. And but then, no one that you would have called a girlfriend. Yeah, nobody that I would have called a girlfriend, but like college flings. You know, you do that, you get drunk and you call each other kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the first time I had sex with a woman was not with Kimmy and was one of those flings that I had had. 
And I remember being so scared to tell her that I hadn't had sex with a woman. Because at this point, we had been talking for almost a year. I was going to say it had been a while. It had been a long time that I had been talking to this person. And it had been sweet. And we'd hung out and gone on dates. And, like, we knew each other. And she didn't know that I had never had sex with a woman. And and it, it was so hard for me. I I felt like in order to justify my gayness, I had to have slept with the same sex. Like, it wasn't valid until I had this, like, badge of approval, which was, like, sleeping with somebody of the same sex. And, And that's just so curious to me because I think that there are a lot of people that are gay who never have sex with the same, or sorry, with the, with the opposite sex. There's a lot of lesbians who've never slept with men. Gold and, stars. And they, and they know that they're lesbians. They don't have to sleep with men to understand that they're, you that know. they don't want that. Which is weird to me to think that coming from a background where I did sleep with men and I did live a part of my life where I, where I outwardly was straight, that it was then so hard for me to leave that identity behind and like, felt like mm. I had to prove myself as gay. Yeah. And that was really hard for me. Well, and I, I felt like I was, like, less attractive to other gay women because I hadn't slept with a woman. Right. And right. I was stuck in this, like, shitty in-between of, like... Limbo. I'm not straight because I know that I'm gay, but the gay community didn't accept me as gay because I had only... The gay community accepted you as gay. Well, you didn't think the gay community accepted you as gay. Fair. Fair. And I think that's really interesting that you bring that up because one of the things that's been really interesting in our family is that we have, for a very long time, at least as long as Michaela and I have been together, told Lincoln that he gets to love whomever he wants to love. Actually, I've been doing that always, but it's been more reinforced since we've been together. And we ask him sometimes, we're like, do you like girls? Do you like boys? Do you like people? Do you like not people? Do you like you know, try and offer him options. Thems. Yeah. And he's so funny because the last time we asked him, do you remember what he said? No. The jury's out. Oh. Yeah, I do remember and that. And he doesn't, and he hasn't figured that out yet. And I really find that precious and sweet. And what I think is really curious is that there's a very real possibility that Lincoln is going to be one or the other, but that then he's going to have a gap of time where he doesn't have... Or he may be somewhere in the middle. He may be pansexual or... Bi or something. Bi or... Who knows? But we've definitely given him that privilege of... He's going to get some kind of coming out party no matter what he comes out of. Yeah. I I feel like it's not a privilege, but just like, you know, like, just we've we've given him neutralness. Tried to, at least. Yeah. Done our best. And he's going to be influenced by the outside world at some point, but... We've tried very hard to just give him a, a blank slate yeah. and say, you get to paint the slate. Not the slate's already painted, and now you have to paint over it in rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> like. Well, my slate was baked on, like, paint wouldn't go on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to go get a new slate altogether. Yeah. <laughs> you had to paint over yours. You had to reverse shop, as Gigi would say. <laughs> Return that shit. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, I don't know, the idea of, like, gayness and coming into gayness or queerness or other, something other than just the straight heterosexual lifestyle is very interesting. And I know that. 
And I guess it can happen at any age. I guess that's what I want to offer is that like, yeah, for Michaela, it happened in college. For some people, it happens in elementary school or middle school. And for me, it happened at 35, you know? After a 13-year marriage and a child. The house and the whole nine yards. And decided that that wasn't it anymore. But this was with you. I feel like there's like 20 more podcast topics that came up tonight. There are so many more podcast topics to piggyback off of this. But I don't know if we have like a conclusion or something to offer you as far as advice. But I think that just sharing this piece of the story may help you understand us, but also maybe help you feel seen and understood no matter where you fall on the spectrum heterosexual or not because relationships are complicated nothing straightforward and these aren't conversations that i feel like we see on social media very often you know people authentically talking about their identity their their sexual orientation i should say and how they came to it yeah yeah i mean michaela did write a really nice piece on the fucking brave blog if you want to go read it um, on being gay. That's, does not withhold names of the innocent. <laughs> so, sorry, friends. I don't know that it outwardly says them either. Yes, it does. Oh, maybe it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't. They've self-identified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, anyway. we, we love you guys. Love you guys lots. Love you in all of your forms and they's, them's, he, she's, it's that you love. It's beautiful. Love is love. All I ask is that you be brave and authentic with yourself and love whoever the fuck you want to love. Yep. For as long as you want. Because I know you're fucking brave. And a little bit wild. (laughs) Do we fight about this this time? No. That was cute. It was cute. We'll go with it.